You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. You broke my heart. Alan Seiler. And you broke mine. And Veronica <laughs> Daschle. Hi. Are you guys planning those now? <laughs> no. That's great. <laughs> and welcome back. All right, Alan, we got some news tonight. We have a little bit of news. It's not actually Trek news. It is Trek adjacent news. But Michelle Yeoh, the big news of the week. Yeah. The second ever woman of color to win a Best Actress Oscar Award. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And first Asian heritage. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that comes after Halle Berry's 2001 win for what was the thing about the monsters? Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. Thank you. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. So way to go, Michelle Yeoh and her. I mean, we kind of knew it would happen because she won every other award leading up to this. And right. Right. everything, everything everywhere has literally <laughs> won everything everywhere. So, <laughs> but not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> so but but still good for her it was fantastic her acceptance speech was amazing mm-hmm. and i'm just thrilled for her mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that's great news yeah yeah you know what i you know what i like about it is even though star trek doesn't have just a a, a plethora of oscar winners star trek has always had really really good actors and actresses going back you know forever from Brock Peters to uh, Gene Simmons to you know, all kinds of other just really great actors. Even and then weird people like Iggy Pop, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. they get some good actors on that series. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Iggy Pop's one of them, but yeah, thank you, thank you. Great actors. Well, he's definitely memorable. <laughs> That's true. But but don't forget, and and of course I'm forgetting because I'm blanking on her name, uh, Kai Wen. Uh, Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher won. Right. Right. Oscar winner. Yeah. Yeah. One for Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. 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 Well, great for her. So Michelle Yeoh, you know, stands among some Trek greats. I mean, she did anyway, but now she has an award to show for it. That's right. There was there was a little discussion in our Facebook group where I posted it. I said, I wonder if they'll be able to get her if they want her. And I, what I mean by this, if they're still going to try to do the Section 31. And I think a couple of people said, well, why wouldn't they be able to get her? And what I really meant was it doesn't always mean this, but will she, will she get a lot of offers and will she be so busy that maybe she yeah. can't work? You just don't know. Sometimes it doesn't translate into a whole lot of extra work. Sometimes it does. I think for her, it will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think she would have got those offers anyway, just because yeah. her profile has been so high for the last five or more years. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, because something like um, 
everything everywhere would not have come her way had her profile not been that high. And, you know, when, uh, when you watch the Daniels talk about the film, they had her in mind for that role. There's no guarantee they would have got her. And they were surprised when, when they sent her the script and she was interested. So, you know, I think that, I think that just being Michelle Yeoh is, is, you know, profile enough and award enough as well. Right. (laughs) All right, Keith, we have some This Week in Trek this week. Yeah, I got a couple of things real quick. Um, This was, I thought, was a a pretty big deal. On uh, the 12th of March, 1975, Gene Roddenberry finalized the deal with Paramount Pictures to produce Star Trek movies on the big week. Yeah, and that started a whole new world because I think, as everybody probably knows, there had been a lot of talk about I, was it called Phase Two originally? Mm-hmm. That was going to be the yeah. next series. Was yeah, right. And so did, there they, was, did they ever make any movies? <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> and it was so funny. There was a couple of things I guess were serendipitous. They were having some issues bringing up a series for the studio again and getting everybody together and so forth. But of course, a big thing that later really just made them go with the stu- with the movie and theater was star Wars, mm-hmm. which well, yeah, affected course, so yeah. many people. So, yeah, you know, and, and the rest is history. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. They were like, look at that young upstart making all the box <laughs> yeah. office money. We can be doing that. Right. Yeah, another one, uh, I think this is a very significant too. On the 14th of March, 1967, this is a big deal because the first is always cool, but the second is better. And on that date, 1967, NBC officially announced renewal of Star Trek for a second season. Awesome. Yeah, no one knew for sure if that was going to happen. And I don't know what would have happened if it had been canceled after the first season. It was an amazing first season. Well, so we wouldn't, we'd all we be, wouldn't be here now. I agree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it hadn't gotten that second season and then that third season. One other thing that was a little sad, though, was just a few days after NBC announced the second season, they broke a promise they made to Gene Roddenberry. They told Gene they were going to give uh, Star Trek a plumb spot at 8.30 p.m. on Tuesday nights. And then just a few days later, they said, hey, Gene, we're going to move you guys to Friday night at 730, <laughs> uh, which, as you know, can be kind of a, you know, a death. Right. Uh, well, two more and we're done. This is I thought was fascinating. On also 14th of March in 1968, David Gerald submitted what everybody agreed was an underdeveloped script that dealt with a strange alien who the Enterprise brought on board who was trying to help solve some kind of um, interplanetary crisis. The alien, however, turned out to be a practical joker who irritated Spock because he was so illogical, Spock couldn't find any way to even talk to him. The point of this was David Gerald wanted to say, in a time where we say this is a future without prejudice, what if prejudice still exists? And I really would like to see what would it take to cause a Vulcan to be prejudiced against someone. Mm. Now, in addition to being a strange practical joker and having a mind that even Spock found it difficult to interface with, this alien had the ability to split his body into parts. (laughs) And those parts could operate independently. And as I think you all know, while this did not make it into the live action series, (laughs) that script made it into the animated series. Yeah, yeah. It became the essence of BIM. Mm-hmm. And they brought the species back on Lower Decks even. Yep. Right. Right. 
It really and, would have been interesting to see them try and realize that character on screen in live action. Yeah, I, I agree, Alan. I don't know how they would have done that because all of the body parts were floating around and all that kind of stuff would have would have been difficult. And I remember the, the little limbs coming out of his his legs area and yeah. stuff like that. All right, and the last one. This I thought was fascinating. Also, this is a this is a birthday, and I gotta say I didn't know this name. On the 12th of March, 1913, was born one Luli Jean Norman. Does okay. that ring a bell? Mm-mm. Okay. <clears throat> See that. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's wow, pretty good. That's Thank impressive. you. That is the that is the lady who was the soprano who 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 sang the no lyrics at the time opening theme to Star Trek. Right. Uh, Alexander Courage. She also, and I didn't know this, she also was the haunting voice that you heard in the background in the cage in the menagerie when when Pike would have his illusions, such as when he was yeah. fighting the the the, the big the big guy at the castle. You right. also hear that sound where I just played it when Kirk is taken over by the spores in this side of paradise. You hear that music recycled in Wolf in the Fold. And if you remember in The City on the Edge of Forever, when McCoy first appeared, it was out of his mind. They played that music and you heard her doing that haunting voice. I didn't know that I have always loved that sound, but that yeah. was Lily John <laughs> Norman. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And that is This Week in Trek History. Awesome. Well, if you're listening on the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But don't go away because we'll be talking about Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 5, Imposters. Stay right there. Oh, boy. Lighter here, inviting you to join Cletus Jacobs and I as we journey into a new era of the DC Universe, Dawn of the DC. Join us each week as we review comics, television, and movies. There might even be a surprise guest or two along the way. Thanks for your continued support, and we look forward to talking more DC with you. Star Trek Picard season three, episode five, Imposters. Yay! Uh, and this was an exciting episode. Yes. Just was to give you guys just to, just to give you guys a little behind the scenes on our Earth Station Trek, uh, I did a host chat real quick and I sent holy chit, but I used the real word. I'm loving the show. <laughs> and well, I don't think my boss listens to this. I watched it at work and <laughs> And then Alan's like, and Charles is like, it must be good because I usually watch the shows like right before we, we right. air. And then later on, I said, no spoilers, Alan. Then a couple hours later, Alan's watching it on his lunch break. And Alan's like, holy, same thing. And we were like, wow. Just swapping what a- expletives. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. I didn't message anybody at 5 a.m. when I finished watching it. <laughs> I was actually up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is this is a good episode. We should throw out a spoiler alert for spoilers. If you've not no kidding. watch it before you watch this because there's <laughs> big things in this one. Yeah, yeah, don't be dumb and spoil yourself. Don't listen right. to us if you haven't watched it. 
Right. Yeah, boy. Because you can't unhear some of this stuff. And we uh, before we get too far into it, we got a couple of Facebook comments. Did you want to grab those, Alan? Awesome. Just a few hellos well, and then a question. Oh, a Facebook user said, "Is that a 2001 pinup behind Charles's head?" <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say yes, it is on this side. It's um, and it's autographed. I got it autographed by both of them at DragonCon. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> now we can continue. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. Uh, Michael uh, Phillips yeah. is saying hello. Watching on YouTube, which is great. And and Wade is saying hello from Dallas. Also watching on YouTube. That's awesome. Hey, Wayne. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Thanks for joining us, folks. Um, Yeah. So where do you guys want to start tonight? Do you want to start with the the special guest star? Or did you want to start somewhere else? (sighs) Let's talk about Ro. Let's talk about Ro. Yes. Ro Larry came back. Holy moly. Were there any words that anyone heard about that? Yeah, did it, was anybody spoiled for this? Yeah, I did not know no at all. No, no, not. I had no clue. All. Me either. Blue. Yeah, you know, because there have been those rumors, and it seems like that Denise herself confirmed at some point that she is in the season somewhere. I don't know how true that is, but I never, you know, and I was kind of hoping that there would be some other TNG drop-ins from, mm-hmm. you know, some of the significant characters, but no. God, I I was floored when she comes walking out. Yeah, right. holy moly! And kudos to them for keeping that secret all this time because they filmed this a while yes. back. Yeah, and yes. I mean they, they sent out a lot of screeners to like Twitters and reviewers and things, and it didn't get out. Right. Yeah, right. Not, at least it didn't cross my feed. So that that was a pretty exciting moment when Rolaren showed up. So how did you guys feel about yeah. Rolaren coming back? I of two minds. I love seeing her because I don't think an exaggeration think that she is probably one of simply one of the most popular what you would call guest care, uh, act stars in all of Trek history. Uh, I think so many of us were sad when she left the franchise and did not become major uh, the um, second in command of Cisco in Deep Space Nine. So I love mm-hmm. seeing her. Michelle Forbes just has a presence about her. I can't stand what they did to her in the episode, though. Okay. In tonight's I, episode? I hate Yeah, I just, sometimes, I. it's kind of like what they did with, was it Echeb? I hate it when they bring a character that I feel so important and kill him off in the exact oh, same episode. Yeah. I wanted her to stay around. I really did. Yeah. That was my yeah, only okay. Go ahead. No, I was just say, I, I can I can see that. I mean, it was a big criticism of season one that they yeah. didn't bring back Echeb or bring back... Um, Maddox, who's his face? Maddox. Yeah. And, and then it just immediately killed him. I think it worked a little bit differently for me here because for one, it was Michelle Forbes and she had a exactly. meaningful role. And yeah. Then, well, but she wasn't just tortured and murdered. Both Maddox right. and Ichab were just killed. Like she gave she was, her life for a purpose. Right. And she was given she has, a significant storyline and mm-hmm. it was only one episode, but it meant something. Right. I, I, I thought it was phenomenal. I loved yeah. it. I, I'm gonna say this. This goes back to last week too. I, I feel like some of the <sighs> conflict between her and Picard and the touchiness and stuff maybe went on a little too long. I think it <laughs> dragged on. I mean, you know, I, I just, I just don't need that much of that stuff. But that's a good point, Alan. I'm that... oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Uh, let me let you finish your thought because I was you just you just spurred something in my mind. Oh, well, then go right ahead. Um, I, it's funny you say that because I, I think if they had had her on a few more episodes, maybe they wouldn't have had to kind of up the conflict between them. Because I think you well, make a good point. Because one of the things I did say 
was when she said that Picard wants everybody to be like him. And basically she said he wants everybody to be a perfect little Starfleet soldier. That is not Picard. That doesn't define Picard. I, Picard is not blindly loyal to Starfleet. Picard honestly thinks Starfleet is a great outlet for people who sometimes have troubles and have energy they can't direct, like himself. That's why he wanted Roland Starfleet. So was, the, the way she was accusing Picard of trying to make, mold her into this perfect image of him, I didn't agree with that. So I agree with you. I thought that that was a little, a little extreme. But at the same time, I remember the Next Generation episode when Riker comes to Picard and tells him that Roland Laren betrayed them. I got to tell you, the look of anger on Patrick yeah. Stewart's face, yeah. it's yeah. literally yeah. one of the greatest acting moments I've ever seen that man do. Amazing. And so I could see 30 years yeah. later, he's still hurting over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally see that as well. Um, and uh, to to the point you, you just made, um, mm -hmm. yes, he does see Starfleet as, as that place that troubled uh, people can come for sort of a redemption. They can come and be right. embraced. And, but in that he he is in, in essentially trying to mold them into what he thinks is right he's not mm -hmm. saying row laren come in and be in starfleet and keep doing your crazy wacko you know mm -hmm. stuff that you keep doing come in and be starfleet and mm -hmm. it's interesting that we had that moment between the two of them when mm -hmm. he basically said exactly the same thing to his son in this episode why don't you come and be in Starfleet and maybe pick a more honorable path? And right. he's like, are you kidding me? Have you been paying attention? Do you see who I am? No, thanks. Right. So that was I thought that the funny. parallels between those two characters was super interesting. Yeah. But I at least understand what Picard, because he was such a, um, you know, he was kind of a, well, he wasn't a wild youth, but he was a rebellious youth and he was a damaged youth. So I could, I could see him. But I remember in the episode when Ensign Roll was um, introduced, I remember he said, to her, he said, I see things in you that could be, well, he did say that could be molded, harnessed. But one of the things I like about that exchange back then was she said, funny, I always thought, I always thought Starfleet could learn a lot from me. Yeah. And what I love was his response was, that's a trait I've always seen in our finest officers. And so I oh, think yeah. they kind of, I think they were kind of missing each other, what he really wanted for her and what she thought he wanted for her. Yeah. Um, but man, it was just so great to see Michelle Forbes on screen just for even that time yes because yeah. you know she you... had a she had a, a role on uh, battlestar galactica mm -hmm. yes and it was great but you yes. still just want row mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know so yeah. we finally got her veronica what did you think i was very surprised and <laughs> like i mean like you guys said I, I wanted her to stick around mm -hmm. for a while longer mm -hmm. um I, yeah. I don't feel like we got enough of her yeah, I was amazed that not only did we get Row, which is great. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a, it's not, I guess, not too surprising for familiar faces to show up this year because it's yeah. sort of like the theme this year. Yeah. But then also that it was a direct follow up to her, like, um, her last episode where they were directly yeah. talking about the things that happened on the show and, and their feelings about it. And 30 years later, like, oh, who expected that? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Totally. Totally. This is a show that you have to know your Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you're gonna yeah. miss stuff if you don't know all those past connections, and yeah. th these are throwaway lines. But I thought also that it was really kind of funny when uh, Captain Shaw starts quoting the deep cuts to them when they're like, you know, we saved the 
universe a time or two. And he's like, you know what else you also did? This thing, this thing, and this thing. And I was like, damn. (laughs) And I love it. And I love it. Alan following up on that when he basically said, I'm going to leave it through you alone so you can get your BS stories together. (laughs) (laughs) I love him so much. I I love when he's in the turbo lift, just humming. (laughs) like, He's knocking off. He's all the singing, gotta get court martialed, gotta get court. He was so happy about that. That was so funny. What was the um, reason? I mean, right, these guys came it. on his ship and, and shanghaied it and then almost got everybody yeah. killed. Yes. 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 Exactly. Right, go on with the comments. Okay, let's get some some things going on here. Michael says, I more or less agree with Keith. Roe dying was very dramatic, but I would rather have she stayed on a little longer. Um, we all yes, agree sir. on that one. Yeah. Um, you know, because I kind of when as soon as she walked out, I kind of thought she's gonna have sort of the Admiral Cornwell kind of role on this show. Mm. Right. No, she was she was a one and done. And I mean and it was a really good one and done, but yeah. Um Wade says, I just thought this is farewell show for Picard. Sure is, and they're yeah. sending everybody off. Um yeah, like, Michael like Stalwart says, uh, Yeah, I thought the confrontation scene between Roe and Picard was the best scene in the episode. I uh, know we I haven't gotten the best thing in the episode. Okay, you got another best scene. Oh, there. she's got Uh-oh. okay. Oh, 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 actually I do have some some other ones that are contenders for that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh Wayne now says I was referring Picard to Picard's tendency to use himself as an the example. Okay. Okay, so a couple of new ones that have come in. He also says when Rose started heading toward the nacelle, I literally started shouting "No!" at the team. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was like, "Beam out, emergency transport, or something." <laughs> right. Crap. Yeah. Or just jump out, and they can beam you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if these damn people would wear spacesuits, <laughs> they could get out of a whole lot of situations. Because you're right, Josh. Josh yeah. could have jumped out of the airlock. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Michael says, one thing I didn't like about Captain Shaw in this episode was his hesitation at the, yeah, hesitation at the end. I would have liked it better if he had immediately seen the truth of the situation and said, red alert. Mm. Yeah, I think it's consistent with what we've seen from him, though. I mean, he made a clear yeah. from his first episode that this he's not a crash the starship and battle right. blazing kind of a captain. He, he expects just right. an orderly, like, we're, we're going to our, our destination, we're following our orders. <laughs> this is not your kind of adventure and now he's caught up in one yeah so yeah yes, i mean I, exactly I, I i don't i didn't mind that that took him a minute i i like to see that that turn in him and now he's gonna have to deal with that for the next however many episodes yeah yeah i could he see that too <laughs> plus right because he, he's he's already shown himself to be like i i i have no interest in any of this bs that picard and Riker are bringing onto my ship i don't want it and here they are throwing some more bs at me so of right. course it's going to take him a minute to come around to actually agreeing with what uh, Picard yeah. is telling him. Yeah, but, and, um, I, and I also I agree with Charles said too because also I thought about that. You know, given everything he's been through, think about this: the same two guys who tried to hijack his ship now say, "Oh hey, new problem. Right. Changes have taken over the Federation." And oh by the way, uh, Roe who just died, being most of your crew over to that other ship, and that ship is now the enemy. So we right. got to get out of here. And he's like, what? He's probably WTF. I mean, it's a, it's a lot to take in. And, the, it and is. the person who came on intentionally to commandeer your ship now says, you have to trust me. 
F yes. no, I don't. You have <laughs> right. a right. right. No. <laughs> so, hey, yeah, and in exchange, and that question, I have a question. Why why did Roe transfer most of his crew to the Intrepid, which she already knew was it was taken over by changelings? If is does she have a reason to think that Shaw's crew is compromised? Because otherwise she just put a whole bunch of people on the ship where changelings are gonna kill them all. What was the point of that? I was I don't a little think the changelings are gonna kill them all on the Intrepid. I think she was trying to get people away from there. So Picard had a small crew because it seemed like her plan in the end was for Picard to run off and save the day. It seemed like. Yeah, I don't know how having, yeah. having a small crew would help, but me either. That's what she did. So I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, so, I didn't get that. It was interesting that we also, uh, you know, in these same scenes, found out the identity of the person that Worf was working for. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Was that powerful? Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. That was oh really my good. gosh. I, I love that she's gotten this really great send-off that they mm-hmm. devoted an episode to bring her back and to give her this. I mean, okay, it was one episode, but they gave her this yeah. significant material, gave her an important part of the storyline. And they didn't have to do that. I mean, they were fine with just the main cast, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Main cast plus Moriarty, main class cast plus lore, whatever. They didn't have to bring Michelle Forbes back, but I'm just so thrilled that they did mm-hmm. and you know something else i thought was interesting that i i, I actually bought the explanation how she got back in the starfleet because you might go mm-hmm. how the heck is somebody court-martialed twice well think oh, about yeah. it she she was court-martialed once for disobeying then she's court-martialed for being a maquis what better person to use as mm-hmm. intelligence as an undercover agent especially from the side of intelligence that leans towards section 31 they're like oh yeah this woman is perfect she'll do whatever it takes and she's got yeah. a great cover. So I can see the fact that they've got her out and said, okay, you're back in Starfleet <laughs> once again. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and when mean, she's undercover, nobody's going to believe that she's been court-martialed and back in Starfleet twice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, she's a perfect and, undercover. And that's basically the path that we saw in season one of Disco with Michael, mm. where mm-hmm. she was busted, put in jail, and then busted out of jail in order to do a specific task. Right. Yeah. And now look at her. She's captain of a starship. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Veronica, what was the best scene in the episode for you? Uh, when Worf came back to life. <laughs> okay. I wonder how they were going to do that. I didn't know if they were going to, I didn't expect him to do the, the whole Zen Buddhism thing. I thought they were going to say, you know, because Vulcan, I mean, um, Klingons have redundant organs. I thought that was they were going to say she got like, you know, kidney number one of four or some crap like that. <laughs> one of four. What are they, Borg? Right. Yeah, he's going full on like Samurai Master in this, yes. uh, this version of Worf. Yeah. I love it. I I'm really loving, loving Worf and Raffi still. Yes. Yes. I am loving the way that Worf is written in this show. Mm-hmm. And I think that Dorney's performance is perfect. And, and they are, yeah, they are leaning into the old white-haired samurai on um, Kung Fu Master because they, yeah. in the battle they fought, they even did one of the scenes where he basically was fighting her with one hand, which you've seen in like every Kung Fu movie ever. And I love their, I love their, their chemistry when, when he starts meditating and she basically says, oh, the meditating thing again. You know I was about to beat you. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. Their banter I love is their really fun. Yeah. 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 And they really haven't changed Raffi much from who she was. <laughs> yeah. It's just that that chemistry just works. They just yes. figured out a way to make her work. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. And, and I always liked her, but I always found her to be kind of an awkward character. Like, especially in yeah. season one, like she was just crowbarred in to the right. like story. And I think, you know, and I said this before, they, they tried so hard to give her this significant past with Jean-Luc or JL that it just mm -hmm. felt disingenuous. But this yeah. feels right. It feels natural. It feels like they fit together. It's so good. Agree. All right. Michael is bringing up a question that might be leading to a question that I have. Question. Is Deanna going to be an actual part of the narrative or is she going to just appear on video in flashbacks? I'm seriously how they're going to fit everyone into the only five episodes left. Okay. So my, we're going to get to that. My point when, when we were talking about um, bringing back Ro Laren was where is Jordy and Deanna? Right. Where are they? Yeah. I need them. Deanna, I'm uh, sorry. Marina has said that she is in a lot of the season. So mm. she has to be coming in sometime soon. To and so is LeVar Burton. Yeah, and I'm still waiting for them to go to his museum and bust out the uh, <laughs> Enterprise D. <laughs> right. Oh, that's going to be the best moment of the whole season. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, one thing. Uh, I have a question. What did, what did we think about an evil criminal Vulcan who smiles a little bit, makes people kill each other? I that mean... That's but, a little I mean, strange, isn't it? Well, well, they've already kind of established in Strange New Worlds that there's Vulcans that stray from the path yes. of logic. Yes. Yeah, well, there always have been. There was like Cybok was like leading cult yeah. and stuff. So I get that. Right. But he didn't seem like he was straying from the path of logic. He seemed like his take was that Utopia has to have crime. Or maybe you need the crime. Maybe there's like, like, like yin and yang, maybe. Yes. He said that organized crime is logical. Yes. Right. And yes. Sarek specifically said that there was no crime on Vulcan. At least, again, like, like not like that type. I mean, this guy's like a straight-up syndicate guy. So that was a little odd to me to see a Vulcan like that. He even had a slight smile. He cracked a slight smile on his face when he told them to, to fight each other to the death. So I thought that yeah, he's was a clearly, odd. He's clearly not a strict adherent to the whole logic thing. He's, he's clearly his own dude and, yeah, you know. Vandy Beth thinks she's schooling me when she says, Alan, Enterprise <laughs> D doesn't exist anymore. It was totaled at the end of Star Trek Generations. Technicality. We'll see. Well, <laughs> they are going to bring that ship in. It might not be exactly the D that Deanna smashed into the surface of a planet, but it's going to be a Galaxy-class ship that has been rebranded. Maybe it's going to be the Enterprise D-A. I, I, I know. Th yeah, I think, I don't know. Do the, you got to get the saucer of that ship off of Viridian 3. Snap, snap. <laughs> and just give it a new star drive section, put it in the museum as the big centerpiece. Exactly. And then you have to like kick over the guardrails exactly. BSG style and go save the day later. Exactly and I think it's, right. Yeah, it's funny you guys talking about the D because that was actually one of Shaw's insults about them crashing the D yeah. on the planet. <laughs> right. Well, he's made some other comments to give me theories about the show too. Um, yeah. Well, what what do we think about... Jack and his visions. That's still weird. Yeah, what it, I can't tell what he is. Um, and because when when the uh, changelings attacked him, it's almost like he went into some kind of combat mode, as if he was programmed. Because yeah. yeah. one thing, yeah. he definitely moved faster than human. And changelings are at least the, least the Odo type. Changelings have super strength compared to humans. They pretty much have 
whatever strength they want. But he took them out. And I have a question again about this. I can't. I kind of sort of don't remember. Would a single phaser blast to the head kill a change a changing in, in Odo's time? I thought the answer was no because they're just a mass. Um, well, I didn't think I could do it. I remember when Odo got shot in crossover yes. and yes. just like, exploded. Like, like that was a water big, balloon, like, like a trailer oh. commercial. Yeah. yeah, that was the best moment ever. But also, these changelings are different. Yeah, I was gonna say yes. these changelings have like they're body more parts. solid. They can be more solid. Yeah, it must be what it is. Um, and also, and again, I'm just I'm asking because I'm, I'm I'm getting a little confused from the past history. I always thought that they they always said when a changing became a thing, that scanners showed the changing was that thing, whether it was a rock or gas or a bird. I thought changelings would duplicate internal organs. I thought well, I guess they they would have to know the internal organs like pretty right. right specifically. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, so I don't know how they... much of. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, was gonna say, I don't know how much of a changeling turns, you know, whether it's just like yeah. your thing and it's still gooey inside or what. Right. That's why they, that's why they never shape into Klingons because they never know how many damn <laughs> livers to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Michael says, I thought Kryn was a Romulan at first. He also growled when he expressed his anger for Klingons. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I thought he was a Romulan also I when he first walked He out. also has those big, like, chunky ears. Right. Yeah. I thought of, the like, same thing. Ears. Yeah. Yep. Um, Wayne says, plus, countless times Vulcans have said they do have emotions. They just choose to suppress them. True. Correct? He chooses not to suppress them. Right. <laughs> and then Michael says, I think the trope of having someone being a super badass fighter and not knowing it themselves is a bit overdone. I guess he's a sleeper agent hybrid. Uh, what if he's not Picard's son after all? That's kind of what I was getting from this is that yeah. I'm like, okay, so he's a sleeper agent. I, I, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of interest in the, in the, in the Jack plot line yeah like okay yeah. so he's it, it just seems a little too metaphysical i have okay. a theory though i'm waiting to hear it okay so they've been making a big deal about the borg in this show so yeah. far and, and jean luc's connection to the borg and we've seen yeah. that nanites the, the borg nanoprobes can be transmitted various ways either the tube right. or they they did a virus one time could borg nanoprobes be transmitted through like sexual reproduction could he have been born with Borg nanoprobes or attributes? And now that Ooh. female voice calling out to him to, to connect us is Ooh. the collective. Cause he made, they made a point in the show that the collective is still out there. And he even yeah. said, forget about that weird crap on the stargazer, which I was trying to do already anyway. Um, but, <laughs> but the real Borg are still out there. So I'm wondering is like, is like sort of um, something carrying over from, from Picard being assimilated by the Borg that now he's passed on to Jack or maybe it's I all the same programmed thing. inside him. Yeah. That's I wondered the same thing too. Was he, was he, is he a part board? Cause he's Picard's son. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know if you watched it with the captions, this, uh -huh. no. the voice that he hears when it's saying, come find me or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. It says to in, in this episode sounded like Beverly and in the it captions, like it, it specifically says Beverly. Okay. Okay. So it's her voice that he's hearing that's okay. talking to him. So is she, I don't know. Is 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 she I, a changeling? 
Is she the Borg Queen? Who knows? I don't know. I hope she's not a changeling because that would. Oh my God, that'll irritate the snot out of me. That would be a waste of character development so far. Yes, absolutely. And I'm kind of feeling like the 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 lady from the 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 whatever the ship is that they're on has just completely surrendered control of her own sick bay (laughs) to Beverly. (laughs) Beverly just walks on and she's like. That, that lady tries to put her in her place for five minutes and Beverly's like, I ain't having that. And ever since then, she has been top dog in the surgery. Right. Well, good. She should be. No, I'm loving that. Hey, did you guys notice when Worf was saying he wants to find criminal contacts to that they could talk to about all the all the shenanigans that have gone on? Did you see the names that splashed across the screen? Yes. Yes. I Mourn. <laughs> yeah, Brunt. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, Morn of Luria, Brunt of Peringanar, Laurel of Renia, somebody I called Laurel. Yeah, Toluco of Romulans, Thadium Okana. <laughs> Okana. Omega? Yes. That's outrageous, yeah, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Veronica, you were upset it wasn't Brunt. I was. You were rather than Brunt. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? That would have been the perfect place for Brunt. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. it, there was a Fringy that was. There, yeah. Like, why? Why this ring in Rome? Yeah, but I'm glad that Worf didn't behead Brunt. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, though. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, didn't Worf behead um, Wayun at least once? No, he broke his neck. Mm. Close enough. Yeah, yeah, but it's it stayed attached though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that sort of like continued on the process. Well, Veronica, it could have been Brunt, or it could have been who's that crazy cousin of Quarks that was a ward uh, arms dealer? Cousin Gala. Gala. Yeah, could have been him, or it could have yeah, been that weird been. that weird assassin guy that they had on the Magnificent Ferengi, somebody right. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have been okay if it was cousin Gala. That'd have been phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Anderson thinks that the voice that's talking to Jack is Vatic. Could I, be. Huh. Uh, Wayne says, from the conversation with his mom, I think he was infected with okay. something. And Michael Phillips says, the voice keeps saying, find me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect way to get Alice Krieg in there. I'm just saying. <sighs> yes. Wow. It may not be because that's a crazy theory. No. But I just wanted to throw my crazy theory out there. I love it. <laughs> it's smarter than any crazy theory I would have come up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this episode was great i mean i i've been enjoying it week to week i mean this has been it's been a fun show so far it has been super fun yeah. i think at this point last year i was already kind of like <laughs> the this train was the already point. off the tracks yeah this is the point last year where it started tipping for me and yeah. so far it's going strong and i mean how are you gonna mess up the one where Worf meets Riker and them again and then you got jordy and then you got deanna i mean they're Right. I going back to what Michael Phillips said. I do hope De- Deanna has a significant part. I'm sure yes. she will because you still have to resolve the Riker situation, like Riker. But I hope it's not yes. just she shows up as Riker's wife so Riker can talk about his feelings. You're like, I want something for her <laughs> as her. Ag- you know agreed. I mean? So far, she's just agreed. been Riker's wife. Yeah. Right. In the show so far. Exactly. Yeah, wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be great if Terry Terry Metalis, who seems to want to address a lot of little wrongs, actually finally lets Deanna's power truly matter mm. you know like you know well, she finally sniffed out something because she's always like well somebody in the room's hiding something but i can't tell who or what you know all that kind of mess yeah her power or just her intelligence 
right. I, I, I want anything. And, and I think that the way that each character that we've seen so far has been dealt with in this season, I'm sure that whatever it is that Jordy and Troy are going to get are going to be significant parts of the story. It might not be obviously as many episodes as Beverly is getting, but I'm, I, I mean, whatever it is, they're going to get every actor has said, that they are thrilled with this season, that they felt yeah. like their characters were, were treated respectfully. And so I'm, I'm, I just can't wait to get those two characters on the show. Yeah. I think you almost have to have them because as you were saying, Alan, it's the back half, you know, you got five to go. It's yeah. literally, literally we're halfway through. So I think they almost have to introduce both of them next week. Yeah. I would think, I would think so too. Yeah. I, I hope so. Um, yep. So, so what do we think the odds are of Denise Crosby's turning up in some capacity? I don't know. I mean, she yeah. could be Selah. She could be whoever. She could be another Yar. She could be like, she could be like the next Brent Spiner where she's just playing different <laughs> relatives of Yar. Maybe, maybe, maybe Selah went back in time and had a baby. And now <laughs> it's, it's her granddaughter who shows up. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe I'm so. kind of. I'm kind of thinking not because a couple of weeks ago I meant to post this, but Denise Crosby a couple of weeks ago post she she uh, did a tweet where she said she felt left out because when they had the uh, premiere where they were in California, uh, Los Angeles, whatever, they all got together to watch the the mm-hmm. show. She wasn't even invited to that, and she felt left out. Mm-hmm. And Gates McFadden, who was pretty active on Twitter, had to come back and basically say, you know, we love you and so forth. So. Denise Crosby said, I feel, she literally said something like hashtag left out. I feel left out or something like that. But that could, I mean, that could be nothing more than just, you know, whitewashing the fence to cover up the fact that she is coming Mm. back. I love it. it. Stuff like that can mean anything. And not all of the cast was there at that premiere. Mm. You know, know. she wasn't invited. That's why she specifically wasn't invited. That's why she felt left out. I, I'm just saying that, that might not mean exactly what she's saying. I, I, I have seen them have actors use Twitter to specifically mm-hmm. det- detract, not just Star Trek, yeah. but a lot of shows do that. Yeah, yep. especially with Rose showing up as well, because yeah, like you could you could get you could work Denise in there somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but my next question was going to be like, any other TNG like famous faces you think might are going to pop up at some point? I well, mean, we we still haven't got lore, and we still haven't got Moriarty. So there's Moriarty. still so much stuff that has to get added in. That's true. I was expecting when Rogue pulled him into the Hollow Suite to that to be like Moriarty in there, and Moriarty was gonna like interrogate him or something. Me too. I think, Mor- I think Moriarty is, is either the AI protecting Daystrom, or he's the thing that they, they they're mm. they're being given to to break into the AI. I think it's one of the two. I think so. Too. He's connected to yeah. that somehow. Yeah, that'd be um, awesome if it was that little black box, <laughs> and like he's been in there all this time, yes. <laughs> and that's what the well, guy's got. Like, oh, I hope that'd be so. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Michael says, "Okay, I don't know how they're going to weave Moriarty and Lore into this with just five episodes left. Well, they're all going to be two hours long. That's how. <laughs> Which means I'm gonna have to start taking vacation time to watch all this crap." <laughs> um, he then says Picard season two was completely in the weeds at this point last year. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He then says Deanna was the sonic screwdriver of Star Trek. <laughs> Her abilities either worked or didn't, as the plot required. Right. 
sometimes her batteries ran down like canine and she was useless. That's hilarious. And Patrick is hoping that Janeway will show up. She was name checked this yeah. week, so I mean that 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 makes you hopeful. Yeah, I'd I'd love an Admiral Janeway. I'd love an Admiral Shelby. I could go for an Admiral Shelby as well. Oh yeah, I could yes. go for a Mr. Broccoli working at Daystrom. You I, know. I, Hundred percent want want Mr. Bro- I was gonna say Bro- Barkley <laughs> in in an episode. I hundred percent want him in an episode. I mean, if you're making yeah. the point of the show, like it's familiar faces year, it's tying up loose ends right. year. Just go all in, you know? Yeah. yeah. But the nice thing is that with the number of familiar faces that they're giving us, you know, it could just be a throw actors at the screen kind of thing, but it's. <laughs> It's done in a way that's right. in built in a really good and engaging storyline. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're only five episodes in now, but we've already had, I mean, Picard, Riker, Crusher, uh, Roe have all had meaningful roles so yeah. far, as well as they've written great stuff for Captain Shaw. And I mean, Seven yeah. of Nine has had good stuff. But yeah. so I think there's still room in the show to, to bring everybody oh, yeah. else in and give them something meaty. Yep. Yep. Totally. I, I am looking forward to Worf. And Riker specifically, <laughs> hey, oh going on gosh. going on missions together and things. I love those yes. two together. Yes, I do too. And that just that moment. So we're getting we're getting so much closer. Be- and it was mm. only on a view screen, but you had that moment where yeah. Picard and Riker and Worf have their interactions. Oh my God, that was Pretty that amazing. was the greatest, the yeah. greatest. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! If there's not a spinoff with Rafi and Worf, I'm just gonna. Right. Cancel my Paramount Plus. I'm, I'm not really, but <laughs> <laughs> until the next Star Trek show comes on, <laughs> you go crawling back. Even if it's even if it's not Worf and Rafi, it'll be something that I'll enjoy. <laughs> right. Oh wait, the Stranger Worlds is next week. Never mind. <laughs> Speaking of Worf and Rafi, did you did you notice Crin uh, when he was talking about uh, their their first of their many subterfuges? Said, did you think I wouldn't recognize a mobile emitter? A mobile emitter. Yeah. 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 So they must be mass producing those things. (laughs) Yeah. They they must have reverse engineered that. At least Starfleet Intelligence has it. Yeah. Um, I guess they're not so worried about the temporal prime directive (laughs) when it goes in their face. Yes. (laughs) You you can pick one up easily at emitters are us. (laughs) (laughs) Although I still don't understand if the mobile emitter has the ability to generate an anti gravity field where it can float. And it can create a force field because the being who's gener- who's created by the mobile emitter can pick up things. Why does the mobile emitter have to show up on the outside of the holograph's clothing? The mobile emitter should just be inside the person, so you can't see it. It's just what? weird to me. Like Rimmer in Red Dwarf. It should just be buzzing around inside there. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, because I mean, what are we looking? What are, What are you hoping to see over the ne- over the next five episodes? Jordy. Jordy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I really like to see, I was going to post this. I'm actually going to post this. I really want to see how far up the conspiracy goes. Cause I don't know if y'all read this, but I read an article last week, which I'm, I think I'll try to post tonight. Terry Metallis said that the original thought for the antagonist of this show for a minute was the bug creatures from conspiracy. I can yeah. see that. And he, yeah, he thought I mean, very seriously. The dialogue is a hundred percent there. They said exactly, you know, the, the top levels of Starfleet are compromised. I mean, that's like an exact yes. quote almost from that yep. episode in season one. I mean, yeah. Exactly. It, oh God, if only they had done that. I mean, I'm excited about changelings, but if yeah. only they had done the bug creatures. 
Well, they sort of well, changed the changelings to fit in because exactly. the bug creatures I could see having to having to do autopsies to find them and exactly. that sort of thing. Right. So we, we we haven't really got into it, but what do we feel about changing the changelings? Mm, it it depends if they if they have a good explanation for it, I'll buy in. Okay. I mean, it makes sense that they would develop their abilities in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, they know they're trying to infiltrate the solids and they know what their weaknesses were in trying to do that the first time around. It makes sense that they would come up with some way. I don't think it's evolution, like Crusher says. No. Yeah, right. Evolution Trek, doesn't happen evolution. that fast. This, right. This Star Trek has never <laughs> used evolution, right? <laughs> yeah, I I'm still I'm still a little confused of the changes versus DS9. They and honestly, they seem weaker to me than they did in DS9 mm. in a lot of ways. Because in DS9, they can only detect the changeling by drawing some blood and testing it. And then they had some weird radiation that they would, not just the phaser sweeps, but they had some weird radiation that could make them lose cohesion. So they turn back into goo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, kept, yeah. I, mean, I think I, they may have like chained to fit in better and pass all the things that the Federation put into in, in place to yeah. make sure and they had to sacrifice some things to be able to do that. So some of their like just getting shot, they don't just like explode and then turn into goo yeah. and slide away. Um, yeah. They had to sacrifice mm -hmm. something to be able to mm -hmm. really infiltrate the way they yes. wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. They did, yeah, they did really one good. time turn Odo into a solid permanently mm -hmm. and yeah. presumably mm -hmm. with internal organs and everything. So at least it's, it's possible with just what we know from DS nine for mm -hmm. it to be more permanently solid than a changeling would normally be. But also right. when they're talking about the different, you know, the tests that Starfleet had post dominion mm -hmm. war to screen for changes yeah. and things. And now they're past it. I just kept thinking of Joseph Cisco saying there's, you know, there's no test that a smart man can't get around. Yep. That's um, right. <laughs> That's like you <laughs> called it, man. And like now it's we're seeing it pay off again. <laughs> you know, that's true. Uh, but also we were talking last time, or maybe the time before, about how the changeling effects look different. They look mm -hmm. instead of just like the, the pretty goo, but right. the changelings are different. So it may it makes sense in story. That that makes, goo it different. does make sense. And yeah. maybe that relates somehow to the one that we saw in disco that got all sandy instead of gooey. That's yeah, that's true. You know, maybe that's yeah. just an extension of what we're seeing here. They have evolved even more. And right. I say evolved, but that's a thousand years. And, you know, that, that might happen. But this is just too soon for it to actually be <laughs> natural evolution. Right. It's got to be genetic manipulation or something yeah. like that. Big scary yeah. faces behind it, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so All I'm right. waiting for, for the rest of the season. I'm waiting for Vatic to be uh, an actual threat, an interesting, an interesting character. Yeah. She started out okay, but she just hasn't gone anywhere. I didn't mind a break from Vatic this week. No, me neither. I didn't. No more the maniacal laughter. <laughs> 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 I was yeah. thinking. Okay. Go ahead, Alan. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm changing subjects, so go right ahead. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, I was no, thinking, and it, it, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it may be a little bit. It, it, it was a minor point, but when Roe died. I was expecting just a little more emotion from Riker because I mean I know it's been 30 years but they slept together and they had a they had an attraction for each other so I was expecting just a little bit more when he said I'm sorry Jean-Luc but I know Jean-Luc had a much deeper relationship with her I was just expecting <laughs> a little bit more. Peace. 
Keith, <laughs> come on. He I mean, can have that deep and emotional reaction to every chick he slept with. <laughs> Riker can't uh, okay, it is Riker. Good with. point. Okay, good point. I forget who I'm talking about. Oh, he does. <laughs> That's a good point because he had the hologram. Actually, gets a good point, Alan, because the hologram uh, minuet was more in, in his mind than uh, anybody else. That was like his true love outside of Diana. Okay, I take it back. I know who I want to see. You asked earlier who, what other significant TNG face do you want to see come back? I know Leah okay. Brahms. Okay, I want to yeah. see Leah Brahms. Maybe yeah. she's at Daystrom. Maybe she, I don't know. I don't know, but I just want to see her. That'd be great. Do you, do you want her to be Jordy's wife? Yeah, that's what I want yeah. to say. I don't, I don't know. I think in modern sensibilities, given how creepy that episode with her was, I don't think they would marry her to him. <laughs> I really don't right. think they would. And they did all the alternate reality. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. nowadays they wouldn't. I, I don't right. think so. Yeah. Well, if they're not that's fine I, I just i just think she was a great character and i want to see more. yeah i'd love to see her again and and what, what whether they, whether she's his wife or not even if it's like the funny joke they tell at parties is about how the first time they met he was hanging out with her hologram you know yes but, but yes. um if not i'm perfectly fine with that too right uh yeah i mean i've been loving the direction of this season so far i think they've i wish they could have done this for three years yeah, you know, hey man, and tell spaced me it, it out. Like I, I felt like Roe could have had more space for her story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they were as much as I enjoyed it. It was real yeah. quick from "I hate you, I hate you" first to like <laughs> crying and holding each other almost. You know what yeah. I mean? Over the course yeah, of like exactly. two minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then right. they're in that freaking bar again in the holodeck. Yeah, it was just as like, soon as they walked there, like right. the doors open and it was already there. <laughs> right, it's like a permanent program running or something. And as soon as right. they did, I was like, "Oh, this place again? Come on." <laughs> and at least so the safety like lock. What's that? Yeah, like actual tin forward. Are the safety locks off because Picard pulled a phaser out from behind the bar, but he, it was a holographic bar. So, he it it, so he, he, he must he turned the safety off. locks off. Oh, I missed yeah, that. There was a there was a screen under the bar, and he. Yeah, oh, I missed that. Yeah, so he was gonna he was gonna shoot her. He, I guess he was figuring he she was a changeling. He was gonna shoot her dead. Well, maybe not dead, <laughs> yeah. but he was gonna shoot her. Yeah. Well, that was sort of so, the theme of the episode is don't trust anybody and who's a changeling. And I did kind of like the way the only way they had to figure out who was a changeling was to get to those like raw emotions that they that, yeah of their shared experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I thought that was yeah. I thought that was good. I thought that was pretty clever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and piggyback what Alan's saying earlier about how the uh, the bug creatures would fit into that. Remember, that was their weakness. They had a lack of memory and they didn't always quite react like the person because they couldn't tap into all that deep part of them. Yeah, yeah. God, I wish it had been them. We could have had elderly people kicking each yeah. other in the face, and <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's weird is the the, the main reason Terry Metallus said he rejected those those creatures from conspiracy is what I think uh, on his part a misunderstanding of the episode. He said that anybody taken over by one of those bug creatures died, and that's not true. They killed some, but Admiral Quinn in that episode who was taken over absolutely lived. But Terry Vitale specifically said, if I put the bugs in my primary characters, which I wanted to do, I would then be killing a bunch of TNG actors. A character that some of them actually are changelings. He has given himself oh. away. Oh, Could I didn't be. think about that. Yeah. Mm. I'll be annoyed if it's any of the big, like, great scenes. Like, if either Crusher or Picard in that scene with Crusher and Picard uh, are changeling, I'm going to be just super annoyed. 
it, it won't be like on DS9 <laughs> when you found out Julian was a changeling for like five episodes. That right. won't be cute yeah. for this one because I haven't seen them all for like 20 years. You know? <laughs> we had Julian every season. I just want to point out that I thought Riker was not Riker. That's true. You did. Yeah, that's a good you point. Did. You yeah. did so, say that. Yeah. Double down just in case he's a changeling. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Riker's changeling. Been decided. All right. right. Wouldn't it be funny if locked up somewhere there's a Shaw who's like heroic and really cool and respectful and I know they never do that, but a completely different guy like who wants to charge in a damn the torpedoes kind of guy. Yeah, he could be a changeling. We don't that we don't know. Like that, yeah. that I think he could get away with. All, All right. right. Well, I have to. I'll have to wait to find out. Veronica and I are going to miss the next two episodes of the podcast because we have to. Uh. Yeah. So how many we left hanging? So yep. <laughs> no one watch it till I get back. Okay, we will. <laughs> right, promise. All right, Alan, where can people find more of you? Okay, well, I have another podcast which everyone should listen to. Um, and it is called Modern Musicology. And we have had some great guests on recently. We have an interview this Sunday night, which will go out next Monday with a legendary bass player that has played on basically every record that's ever been released. Um, if you're a rock fan and in particular, if you're a Peter Gabriel fan, you will know who this is. Mm. And then the week after that, I'm interviewing, we're interviewing um, the rhythm section of one of my favorite bands. Okay. Very exciting. So everybody should get on board and listen to modern musicology. Awesome. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on the standard social media sites, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, primarily the, the ESO Network Facebook groups. And how about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. That's right. And we're uh, part one of our interview with Marty Ross has just recently come out. That's Marty Ross of the New Monkeys, uh, which is a lot of fun. Yes. It so was a part- fun episode, y'all. Yes. <laughs> It, it it was we had a great time and part yeah. two is even better yes. <laughs> so that i can't imagine yeah that 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 comes out um in a couple of weeks so just keep an eye out on monkeying around because it's yeah, we had a great time yeah and that first half does have a really interesting uh star trek connection and there's it a does. really really interesting story about mm-hmm. being sharing convention space at a table next to next generation and it's kind of funny yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, Everyone should was... listen to that. Star Trek came up a lot in that episode. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Veronica, you have a closing for us this week? Let's get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.